in one teaspoon of healthy soil, there are more microbes than there are people on earth. That's amazing, isn't it? And keeping a live root is one of the things that really helps that continue on. Without it, the ability of the soil to actually hold water, store carbon, or even build organic material all stops without that living root. So farmers have really kind of turned to things like limiting or at least cutting back on disturbance of the soil with practices like no-till. And the point of that has really uncovered the beauty of cover cropping. And that's why we're talking with Mike Whirling today. Mike is with the Allen County Soil and Water District. Mike, cover crops and no-till have been really looked at as defensive strategies against erosion and, you know, water nutrient runoff. But there are a lot of reasons to look at cover crops as maybe more of an offensive tool. You know, something that doesn't just stop the degradation of the soil, but rather a tool to be aggressive and proactive about improving the soil. Yeah, just covering the soil or protecting it, putting the armor on the soil makes a big difference. And then the roots that they produce and the, the chemicals, the, the sugars and the carbohydrates they're releasing to the microbes is an amazing thing. That's a, that is nature at its best. Yeah, and it's not just improving the soil, although that is absolutely critical, but as you improve the soil, it really improves the ability of crops to actually do a whole lot better with a whole lot less nutrients. Yeah, if we get the plant roots and the plants operating at their efficiency, they will produce and make available nutrients that are in our soil, but not available. Buckwheat's number one thing to get phosphorus available, if you want to put that in. And speaking of the choices for cover crops, you know, we did this farmer roundtable out at the Remke Farm for the Soil Health Field Day. And most of those farmers that had gotten into cover cropping were talking about cereal rye as their first choice. Why is that? Well, number one, cereal rye, we have a longer planting window. We can go late into the fall, even into November. And if you don't get it in the fall, you can plant early in the spring. You can frost seed that and get a decent crop even on most years. Cerariah is a great thing. So this is the time of year here in the fall to, to plant? Yeah. If you had wheat or oats ground, uh, something bare or, or silage, you can get it in the ground right now. Or I'm going to intercede into the standing corn. I have a guy with a haggis seeder that will drop my cereal in. We usually do that on black layer around Labor Day for us here, but the crop progression is not as fast this year, so it's a little delayed. So um, now's the time to do that. After beans and corn harvest, then it, you have all available time. I guess one of the things that has kept many farmers from considering cover crops is they look at it in the spring and they go, well, how do I get rid of this so I go ahead and plant my corn or soybeans? And with the rye, apparently that's not an issue. Most plants will grow through that. Corn or soybeans will grow through a standing cereal rye. If you want to be a little more advanced, it's planting green, which I've been doing for a number of years now. Normally when I plant green, I let the uh, crop grow up to the hood of my tractor four and five foot high, even up to six foot sometimes, and then roller crimp it down and the, the roller crimping will terminate it. The plant will die from that. So no herbicide then. But there are guys that are planting soybeans early into it. A lot of them are suggesting to plant soybeans first into the standing cereal rye and then coming back and killing it, terminating it either with herbicide or with the roller crimper. Soybean will take that up to the two true leaves that you can even roll it and kill it then. One last question. Name the top three advantages to planting a cover crop. 
Well, covering the soil is number one. A cooler soil in the summertime, it's not going to get as hot as just bare sun hitting bare ground. So cooler, the rainfall hitting that cover crop, hitting that plant will dissipate the force of that rain. I'm talking individual raindrops and erosion is uh, reduced or eliminated depending on the density of the crop. And number three is it helps that soil recover and improve and regenerate at times when you don't have anything growing there. Soil does not like bare ground. Nature doesn't like bare ground. It wants something growing there. That's why we have weeds. We have grass. Everything comes through and nature would fill in the spaces. Having cerari or any of the cover crops out there is a great thing to give that ground cover. Well, I'd rather have the cereal rye than the weeds. So that's probably a good thing. And Mike, one last point to cover, and that is anybody who's looking to get involved, there are a lot of people to connect with that can help you through the process. Yeah, a mentor, an advocate, a neighbor that's already in the process or even working towards it gives you, number one, makes you feel better because you've got somebody to talk to. And uh, most People I know are more than willing to talk to anybody else. Uh, This is not a closed system. We want to improve everyone. So find the mentor. The SWCD is a good uh, resource, but your neighbor might be better. Mike Whirling, thanks so much for your time. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Rob. Podcasts by Federated Media.